Welcome to OpenBox. OpenBox aims at bringing an easier understanding of open problems that helps in finding solutions for such problems. I speak with a number of researchers, practitioners who've published work on open problems to just discuss about this. These are the conversations that I have with these people are converted into podcast series. My name is Sundar. I'm an ethics and risk professional and AI ethics researcher. I am the host of this podcast. I believe ideas emerge when curiosity meets clarity. That's the concept of this open box. Open box is a project done in collaboration with For Humanity. For Humanity, as you would all know, is a non-profit organization dedicated to minimizing the downside risks of AI. If you want to know more about For Humanity, please visit HTTPS forhumanity.center. Okay, today we have with us Antonio. He's a PhD student in, at the University of Venice, working in the field of adversarial learning and computer vision. He is expected to join CISPA Labs Saarbrücken, Germany in the coming weeks. Is just finishing his dissertation and it's so fantastic to have him. He's passionate about machine learning security and closely follows the cutting edge research in this space. He's he's also been part of many of the cutting research, cutting edge research that's happening in this space. He authored a paper on wild patterns reloaded, a survey of machine learning security against training data poisoning. This is this paper he co-authored with us. One of the authors was Catherine Grosset. She was part of our podcast earlier. So now we're going to be covering this podcast. Antonio, welcome to the show. I'm glad to invite you here. Thank you, Sundar, for your invitation. Super, fantastic. So let's start with this. Before we get into specific details, why don't we give an overall view about training level data poisoning and how does it fit in to the context of machine learning security in today's environment? Okay, thank you, Sunda, for the really super interesting question. So we are all, all familiar with the idea that machine learning is becoming somehow the de facto standard in development of very different, very, di- very different applications that we use nowadays, like autonomous tracking systems, fingerprint identification, face lock security authentication. So we have different applications that use nowadays machine learning, and we are very familiar with that. The something which we are less familiar with is the idea that even these model, machine learning model, are vulnerable to some kind of manipulation coming from malicious users. So researchers in these years have, have, have shown that for the attackers, so the attackers while manipulating the, the input features of some data can mislead that can mislead the machine learning models. So we have nowadays attacks that are performed at a test time and attacks that are performed at the training time that we call poisoning attacks. The nice thing is that the second one, which I, which I worked over the last three years, together also with Catherine Gross, nowadays considered the most favorite threat against machine learning services for communities because they have very different challenges in detecting such kind of attack and because there are some economical reason for why they are spreading so much. Awesome. You're, you're just mentioning about some economic reason. Why don't you explain briefly about it so that we also get a context of, okay, it's not just about poisoning attack becoming relevant in today's environment, but also about understanding why are they happening? 
what the what's the economics behind the the flaws or failures that lead to such attacks yeah sure the idea is that as we can see machine learning is growing very fast and we have ever increasing machine learning models especially when we think about deep learning okay so and unfortunately training such models has two requirements the first one is that we need hardware for training such models okay so we need gpus we need to maintain such gpus and we need also to maintain humans that will take care of these gpus okay and of course we need to acquire them and second point is that for training such model we need a huge amount of data and sometimes having these two resources so the computational capabilities and the in data is not always a possible okay so for that reason there are there are plenty of situations where for example people or as they call there's just download pre-trained pre-trained models that may contain for example some vector given by established staged by some attackers okay or they for example can use surrogate data coming from remote repository where they don't have control okay other kind of application scenario for example come from federal learning federal learning cases where you have distributed nodes and you collect data from that nodes okay but the security that we expect that we have for example in each remote low node maybe not robust as we have as the one that we have on the main server on the main services Oh, wow. You, you mentioned a number of things here. I think we should just break it down briefly to get into them one at a time. So, so you, you started with saying about pre-trained models and then you, you extended to speak about other pieces in terms of the choices that are made, federated learning environments, as the case may be. Let's start with pre-trained models. Okay. I know when, when I was speaking with Catherine and also with Maura before, uh, I did come across, she, they also mentioned briefly about backdoor attacks. And there is some reflections that they had shared during the, those conversations. What I want to know here is from a, a training poisoning attack, right? What are the two or three things that directly impact, gets impacted because of a pre-trained model? Let's start with that and then probably get further into the other pieces. Oh, the, of course, the, the capacity that attackers has with respect to the, to the model that has been published later on has a huge influence, okay? So if the attacker has complete capacity for, has full capacity for training the model, because we are outsourcing the model, the training for, a, for another service like Azure or stuff like this, or untrusted third-party entities that will, take care, that will take care of our training. Of course, these entities will have full control of our training and they will be able to implant whatever vector they want, okay? Why, when we consider, for example, the case of, of using remote data or data that are distributed in different nodes, the, you, the capability here for the attacker is how much of these remote data or this distributed data can the attacker control? Okay, because nowadays we have seen also in our paper, the World Pattern, the World Pattern Loaded paper, we have seen that for the attacker to have a, a successful attack, they have to control very a lot amount of data. Okay, in this sense, so we need to check in our application how much capacity we can offer to the attacker. And reducing this capacity may also make the application pipeline more robust. Okay, of course there are attacks that require 
less less requirements less capacities capacities from from the attacker's perspective but of course they are going to be costly okay so computationally costly so you know for the attacker the attacker can stage a costly attack but the, the benefit the benefit that it has to to have should be much higher than the cost that is going to expect for staging the attack I understand. I understand. I think this is, this is a very interesting point that you're coming in. I always see that when we are speaking about attack in specific, it's a it's an economic model for somebody to attack. Okay, the economic model sometimes. Okay, yeah, there may be cases where it is not necessarily an economic model, but in many cases we see that there is an economic model as far as attack is concerned. But I just want to. challenge you with the, an alternative perspective I, i think i think we both have spoken about it in the past is why should the we focus on the gpu capacity ability access as a primary factor while there could be alternative modes of attacks where like we've seen this in image models where people are wearing a different kind of shirt to just fool the model fool, fool the model in a in this cases video recognition image recognition kind of models why won't that work why are we actually focusing only on one part of the attacker having access and attacker being able to perform certain attack only in a certain way while we know in reality the attacker can attack without even having access to the model in many ways right so that's the point that i wanted to get understanding on what is the constraint relating to it and the extended point that i want to get clarity on is that when the attacker has opportunity to do something different he may be doing something different which is not even connected to the model right yeah, not even connected to the ai system right so that's a point that i wanted to get more insights from you on in terms of how the space is evolving and how do you see that coming along in this space Oh this is a super interesting question. Actually nowadays uh, you are you are right. So the community uh, is mostly based on evaluating the robustness of just the target model that is going to be later used in a system. Forgetting the fact that before that model there is a pipeline where we acquire the data where we propose the data and there is also a pipeline at posterior when we elaborate the output of the model we combine the output of this model with other for example sensor or stuff like this and then we offer a service to our client so think about for example autonomous driving systems so we have sensor that collects the data we have pre processing algorithm that elaborate the data acquired by the cameras and then only after that these data are given to the model to the machine learning model but after that so the model the model will give some suggestions but then we have also other kind of sensor other kind of algorithms that are, that combine their output in order to give the final decision so machine learning is not a standalone service we have also other services that we need to take care about when staging an attack okay um nowadays people are going towards the so there are researchers that are going towards that direction in thinking how to start or how to make for example secure the pipe the machine learning pipeline from the beginning so i would like to establish some guidelines for a secure data gathering i would like to establish a pipeline for a secure preprocessing and then of course i would like to make secure also the post the, the post processing of the model's output okay in order to reduce as much as possible the impact that the attacker can have 
on just the single component, which is the machine learning model. So nowadays also, so regarding the second part of your question, yeah, there are some cases where the attacks, for example, are staged without really taking care of the model that there is behind. So in the literature, we know that there, we can also so stage a so-called black box attack. So the attacker is staging an attack without having knowledge of the targets of the model, which is deployed on the target system. So let, I remember that there was the case of Thai in 2016. So Microsoft released this chatbot and this chatbot was gathering data from online repositories and the, you and the attackers or malicious users were able to discover that the repository, they tampered with them with, with some bad tweets. And after a small amount of hours, the Thai chatbot was tweeting very bad tweets. So this was an influence. This was a case of a poisoning attack that rec recognized also by uh, by Microsoft, who decided to stop the service, okay, because they were unable to fix the to fix the the problem at, at that time. So in this case, I don't think that the attacker or the malicious user, in this sense, they were following the so-called gradient. So they were not staging it. Yeah, 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 they were they not. Had no clue. They were just experimenting yeah. with it, and and that same scenario. What happened with Tay is happening with ChatGPT at this point. So, yeah. so it's just that these two are very different models, the very different purposes. But what we are seeing is that the prompts that are used for generative AI is also getting used as a way to create an attack on the system for it to misclassify, misrepresent, misrespond in this context. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I just want to extend that point that you mentioned to another level, which is about, okay, specifically when we see image kind of environment, we also see this scenario where people are coming up with creative ways to fool the model, right? So let's say if we are speaking about a human recognition kind of a algorithm where it is trying to spot humans who are going there, or even it is just determining who's coming in, who's going out kind of people wear weird kind of clothes that just disguises them and the model is not able to recognize them, right? Again, that's a form of an attack. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, of course. Of course, actually, there are some pl plenty of papers that demonstrate that by wisely cr crafting a specific t-shirt, they are able to fool a state-of-the-art model. And... And this idea and that uh, their idea is that you actually create the so-called adversarial example that you create of the t-shirt that you're going to use is exactly the perturbation that is exactly the perturbation that you put in this in this t-shirt okay so the problem here is that yeah we we have seen that these models are sensible or are vulnerable to such kind of attacks and the main problem here is that we are there is big so we have to we have so there is a big step that as a researcher we have to make okay which is the idea that these models are learning somehow some spurious correlations that are the causes for such kind of vulnerability so first of all we need to learn which are the spurious correlation the spurious correlation that our models are learning then try to mitigate them in order to avoid any more in the future the idea this basic kind of attack when you use a t-shirt for, for for fooling the model Oh, wonderful. Okay. This, this actually brings us to a, a kind of close of the first part of the discussion that I wanted to have with you. It's, it's fantastic discussing with you, Antonio. I would like to continue this conversation in 
the part two of the discussion. Yeah, thanks.